Good morning. It's first thing Friday so it's time for Fix, the weekly newsletter written by Simon Andrews. This is the Amazon Polly version made with a synthetic voice. Read the original with all the links by signing up at addictivelondon.com. Fix Insider Friday November 26th. AdTech. A Fix friend pointed out this great quote from the CMO of C4. There can be great danger in allowing what's easy to measure to drive marketing strategy. His general point was about performance versus branding but the thought is so relevant to where we find ourselves with AdTech post-ATT. We hear of brands switching from targeting iOS users to Android just because measurement is easier, even though we have a decade of evidence that iOS users tend to be better customers for so many businesses. Sticking with your convictions, and using judgment as well as data, has to be better than switching strategy because the measurement is less robust. And we can adopt new techniques as they emerge, with clean rooms going mainstream, enabling brands and retailers to collaborate on customer data without compromising privacy. I see this approach being central to the growth of merchant media. The idea of attention as a means of targeting makes good sense but has been clouded by the concept of viewability. The new tools that Dentsu are employing look promising. Coming out of this data set, and I believe we measured over 20 categories as part of this study, we have attention norms across all of these channels and formats, Leong says. We can tell you, on average, what attention levels you would expect if an ad was full screen on your mobile phone and had sound off versus if it was on the corner of a desktop device. Whilst these norms are a good setup going forward, the impact of creative needs to be considered. The very idea of a good ad is that it arrests attention, so beating these norms. A good friend at WhatApp is on this podcast looking at harnessing creative data and video to drive ad performance. The latest results from DMGT were overshadowed by the news that their proprietor wants to take them private. But it's interesting to compare publishers with GAFA etc. The digital advertising was up by 14% whilst print ads were up 1% year on year. Reach saw digital up 17.2% and print declines moderating to 3.5%. Social. The progress Snap has made with Maps is astonishing. They have now introduced layers, first with Explore, like a heat map, and memories from the Snap team, soon to be followed by food from Infatuation and tickets from Ticketmaster. This story about how effective Snap Maps can be, even if unintended, is testimony to how significant these maps have become. More good resource from TikTok, the Roundup is a collection of creator-led campaigns. We looked at how Qatar is using TikTok in our latest good TikTok creative email. And in China the FT report on a crackdown on celebrity culture and fans. Merchant. The consolidation in Fast Last Mile continues with Getter buying Wheezy. Lots of rumors that the Wheezy founders have been chasing a sale and the grocer reported that Wheezy had closed 25% of their dark stores. I think the investors in this sector risk playing an expensive game of pass the parcel. They fear being left with an undersized, loss-making business as the global giants dominate, so they are keen on rolling up smaller businesses so when the big boys want to buy they can profit. The FT tell us. U.S. Instant Delivery Apps, most of which are less than two years old, have collectively raised more than $5.7 billion this year, according to PitchBook. That is a tenfold increase from the whole of 2020. Now that is a lot of money, but you think about how the successful players WLL monetize, it could be a bargain. GoPuff, Deliveroo, DoorDash, Uber etc. are going after two huge markets simultaneously, grocery and advertising, and making themselves indispensable. New figures suggest the U.S. retail media market is poised to exceed $31 billion this year, before all the growth from Walmart etc. kicks in. This look at the Macy's media pitch shows how extensive the offer is, and with the physical inventory this is not just a digital play.
Lots more on Merchant in our deep dive next week. Web3. For all the talk of the blockchain recording ownership, we are seeing a lot of disputes over IP. Last week Tarantino, this week Anish Kapoor and David Bailey, concerned to see their work as NFTs, without their consent. A good Twitter thread on how the music industry is broken and NFTs through Royal might help. More evidence the metaverse is going mainstream, Time is launching a newsletter about it. Two trends at once. Thinking about the role of advertising in Web3 is, inevitably, starting to appear. CHRS Dixon, one of the smartest thinkers, doesn't see a role, in this thread he argues we no longer need advertising. Given Facebook slash Meta is purely an ad business I imagine Zuck disagrees with Chris. This CNBC article attempts to resolve what ads will look like in the metaverse and disappointingly doesn't get that far past where we are now in gaming. It's too early to call the role of ads in Web3, but there is a lot of money that brands need to spend to help sell the products we buy. It seems inevitable some of that makes it to Web3 but hopefully we can lose the irritating and the fraudulent along the way. Our friends at CreativeX have a study, a creative analysis of how brands are using NFTs. With Web3 it feels like we know lots of novel ingredients, but we need some new recipes. Newt. In our insider deep dive yesterday I mentioned how well the Premier League did with their US rights deal, getting Comcast to pay $2.7 billion, almost three times the previous deal. This recognizes how well soccer is, finally, doing in the US and the FT think it's a good deal for NBC slash Comcast too. NBC may well see this as a relatively cheap deal. Consider that it gets the sole rights to all Premier League games in the US. In contrast, to televise American football four broadcasters have recently paid $10 billion to the US National Football League to share broadcasts. No wonder it happily paid up to fight off competition from Viacom CBS and Disney's ESPN. The Roku share price took a hammering this week after analyst Moffat Nathanson dropped their price forecast from $330 to $220. Their reasons are a belief that the ad business isn't as important as they thought and the firm needs to compete for viewing with Netflix at Al. They also think their gatekeeper model is under threat as Amazon and everyone else starts to make TV sets. I haven't read the full report but I wonder if they are not underestimating the ad potential. If Roku has 25 30ths of a percent of the inventory from each of the apps using them, there's a lot of upside as the market shifts from linear to Avad. And given the upgrade cycle for TVs, Google says most people replace their TV every 7 or 8 years, it's going to take a while to see much impact from all these new entrants. Unless someone bundles the TV with a SVOD subscription, we're looking at you Sky. Glass. Maybe Roku is now cheap enough to get bought by one of the big boys who want to play in Newt? Plus plus. How shoppable video is shaping the future of retail, Google. Our friends at Responsive Ads worked with NBC Universal and PayPal on shoppable ads. An increased click to buy by 10x, read the white paper. Chrome owns the browser game. Competitors want to change that. Listen up. Let's address podcasting's measurement problem, with a cast head of automation. More than Joe Rogan, inside Spotify's audio revolution. Facebook metaverse and the future of super apps, Scott Galloway. Innovation starts in the East, WPP slash Mediacom. Hold the phone, it's time to rethink mobile advertising. What's Google's next $1 trillion opportunity? Media Trends 2022, Carrot. Niantic campaign wants metaverse users to embrace reality.